David Siegel here, your favorite podcast host. Before we get into today's episode, I have something important to share. Check out my new book, Decide and Conquer, to really get to know my story at Meetup. You know, the hardest thing about community leadership is making tough decisions when the stakes are high. And I'll tell you, they were never higher than when Meetup was owned and sold by WeWork. In my new book, Decide and Conquer, I'll walk you through a counterintuitive framework for decision-making, and the epic journey of Meetup's surprising survival. Good leaders deliberate, great leaders decide. Now decide and conquer by pre-ordering my book today by going to decideandconquerbook.com or anywhere books are sold. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to Keep Connected. I'm David Siegel. In today's episode, we are talking to Jen Bain and Trin Garitano, two amazing people, authors of Friendshipping, hosts of the Friendshipping podcast, leaders of the Friendshipping newsletter, and you know what? Just very, very friendly people. Let's do it. Welcome, Jen and Trin, to Keep Connected. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. Thumbs up all around. Good to have you. So not sure if the two of you know this, but the number one most searched term on Meetup last year was around finding adult friends. Not such a surprise. Yeah. And the number one Meetup live event was the one with the two of you with over 12,000 RSVPs, which is just insane. See, that I did know. That I have committed to memory. I have pulled that out of my hat to brag many a time. (laughs) It is quite the braggadocio for for that. So before we get started, I always like our listeners to kind of learn a little bit about the two of you. But rather than just independently, more about Jen, more about Trin, let's hear about your friendship because you are the experts in friendshipping, podcast in friendshipping, book in friendshipping. So how did your friendship start? Were you just like friends? Like the moment you met, it was just music was playing and that's how it happened? Kinda, yeah. So uh, long ago, uh, back in, what was it, like eight years ago? How long have we been yeah, friends? Yeah, like, like eight or nine. Long, like that's to me, it feels like a very long time, which I think Anyway, so uh, I was volunteering at a comic book convention uh, out here, in Ch- uh, out actually back where Jen lives uh, in Chicago, uh, called C2E2, the Chicago Entertainment uh, uh, and Comics Expo. And I was wearing, because I'm a huge nerd for video games, I was wearing a piece of armor that my brother and I had made uh, that was representative of a video game that, we, that Jen and I both really like, which is called Mass Effect 2. And uh, I was just like, volunteering standing guard by an escalator and uh jen and a mutual friend of ours came by to say hi and jen like noticed my armor right away and knew exactly what it was and we just had this like moment it was very good <laughs> yeah yeah did, did I, you uh, feel do you feel the same jen that you, you had oh, that yeah. moment i like did like a triple take and i skidded to a halt um because i had just playing this finished playing this extremely immersive, exciting, very dorky video game. And here was this this cool person wearing a costume cool. from that video game. It felt like um it felt like magic. And then I I like made eye contact. Trin was kind of having a conversation with other people. So I like I make eye contact and like kind of give the thumbs up for the armor and that kind of led into a big group conversation. And then Trin and I had some mutual friends. So we kept running into each other. And then eventually we ended up sharing a co-working space and sharing a job. And um Eventually, we started working on personal projects together, like our podcast. And then we How did that book. happen? So tell me about, so you went, you went though from getting to know each other to actually like working together. 
Who, how did that get bro- broached? How did that just transpire? So in the co-working space where Jen and I were working, it was just filled with really creative, really interesting, fascinating people. And I remember thinking to myself that I felt like the only muggle at Hogwarts to make a Harry Potter reference. Like I just very much, I was just like, everybody's so creative. Everybody has ideas. Everybody's making things. And Jen, and I, Jen, I know you have no memory of this because we've told the story before. But Jen said to me, like, Trin, I would love to make something that has to do with gender equality and friendship. And I was like, that sounds great. Uh, and then we we had a, access to a podcast studio uh, and I'm a ham and Jen is incredibly smart. And uh, we got in there and started recording. It was good. Oh my yeah, gosh. It was great. It was basically like hanging out with Trin. I, I wanted to hang out with Trin anyway. And we just happened to do it in front of a microphone. And we had no ambitions to turn our little show into a long running podcast. We had no ambitions to eventually write a book. It just kind of things just kind of started falling into place. And um, at first I would, I admit I would dread doing the podcast because I was so nervous to be in front of a microphone, but Trin has a, has a theater background. Trin knows how to use a microphone. Trin taught me microphone behavior, um, which is, might be uh, ironic to people listening right now if if they're having a hard time hearing me. (laughs) Sorry about that. I don't have Trin on my, on my end. That might be why. Um, but anyway, perfect. Oh, oh, good. So glad to hear that. Um, it's been a while since I've plugged in all these doodads. Anyway, um, yeah, our friendship has evolved. And in, in now we, uh, we we shared a city in Chicago. We've shared many inside jokes, uh, a lot of a lot of internet humor, a lot of more video game, more video games, more hobbies. So our, our friendship hasn't revolved around work, but it's involved a lot of personal projects. And I feel really lucky, really lucky to, to be able to say that. It's so nice. I mean, it's really like meant to be. It really is like a an awesome thing. Okay, there's there's so you have such content expertise. Let's just get into friendshiping now. I oftentimes believe that one learns the most from failures, from mistakes, things that you do wrong. And there's so many aspects of friendship. But just like off the cuff, what are the one, two, or three just most common mistakes? that you find that people make when it comes to adult friendships? Sure. Yeah. And um, I'm going to give some general advice that, you know, I will let the audience decide to temper it a little, little understanding that we are still experiencing COVID. So not all of this will apply to right now. Um, but uh, a mistake that I made, especially in my mid to late twenties was when I would get invited someplace, I would often talk myself out of going um, or I would talk myself, talk myself out of even saying that I wanted to go. I was kind of convinced like no one will notice if I'm there. It doesn't matter. I'll just stay home. It's fine. Uh, but really over the years, I've kind of learned um, through pe- through friends like Trin and, and my other group of friends, like actually your presence does matter and people do want you there. Um, so if you, we're always, uh, Trin and I are big believers in canceling if you don't want to hang out with your friends or if you're feeling tired or introverted, but we're also big believers in believing in yourself that your friends actually do love you and do want to hang out with you. And they notice when you're not there. Wonderful. Yeah. Just showing up sometimes is the hardest thing, but yes. just the, the, the most impactful thing because you don't know what's going to happen after you show up. So love it. Thank you. And mm-hmm. Trin, there could be many different mistakes, I'm sure, but let's hear yeah. from about one or two of yours. 
Um, man, I love what you said about mistakes. Um, it, and honestly, mistakes are like a core part of my being. Um, in my bio in the back of our book, um, honestly, I wrote this book, uh, co-wrote this book, because I want other people to make better, cooler mistakes than I did. You don't have to make the dumb ones that I did. Like, let's just let's just go on to like level 4.0 uh, mistakes, friendship mistakes. So <laughs> a friendship mistake uh, that I have made is um, I... And, I'm gonna go back in time. So back when I was in college, I was a creative writing major. And uh, I never thought that that was gonna be like a viable career path, you know, but it was a part of who I was. Like I loved to write. And um, I had a, a professor that I got advice from. And I asked him, um, you know, every time I open a Google Doc, I get overwhelmed and I get stressed out and I just, and I don't start writing. Uh, what should I do? Uh, and he said, uh, don't write. And at the time, I was like, that's such a ridiculous piece of advice, like this glib nonsense. But at the time, uh, I, I actually used that advice. I moved away from writing and I did other things. Uh, and I stopped associating thinking about writing with my inability to write. Instead, I started thinking about writing as this process that I love and that I love doing. And if I can't get it out of me today, it's okay. Um, and I feel that way about friendship as well. So if you are feeling like introverted and you're feeling like you need to conserve your energy, don't friendship right now because we don't want your friends to turn into your writing. We don't want you to associate the thought of pregrets as we call them. Like you might have a regret or you might see something bad if you talk to your friend. Don't think about that because that's not what's important. What's important is just your friend. So, so starting to associate how you think about friendship with better, more positive things. Yeah. Associations is so in, huge. I was just reading about how in yoga, I don't know if do either of you do yoga or, or neither of you? A little bit. Okay, so yeah, Jen does I should a do it bit. more. That's a good thing. So at the end of yoga is something called Shavasana, where you're just kind of lying down and breathing and chilling. And it's just very relaxing. And so many people, even though they can be exhausted during yoga, at the end, they associate their experience with the thing that they just did, that positive association with Shavasana. So it's like an incentive to want to go back. And you're right. If you associate friendships as this negative experience, as a stressful experience, just like the same thing with writing, then you're not going to want to necessarily go back to it. And sometimes the best thing you could do is just pause and breathe and take a break and then go back to it when like the spirit moves you. So I love that. Thank you. Okay. There are so many aspects to friendshiping. There's a whole life cycle, obviously, to it from finding friends to maintaining friends, to growing friends, to deepening relationships, to reconnecting. So many steps. Let's go for the first one and talk about finding friendships. Finding new friends as a quote unquote grown up is hard. Okay. Like let's all acknowledge that. Um, well, it's not impossible, but there are a lot of barriers in your, in your way. Everyone has different schedules, priorities. Um, not everyone has uh, an income that allows them to run out and have fun. Um, so there are a lot of barriers in your way. So just acknowledge that if you're having trouble doing it, um, remember what, what you said in the beginning, which was uh, it's our most searched term on Meetup. So you are not alone in this issue. There are a lot of people in the world that are also having this problem. If only we could all get them together, maybe on meetup.com. <laughs> Wow, I wasn't going to say it, but glad you did. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, a big part of it is allocating energy to friendship making. You know, um, we don't feel pleasant all of the time. You know, we don't feel like our best selves, like the kind of person that we want to hang out with all of the time. Um, so I think uh, even just like mentally prioritizing it and saying like, this is something that I'm going to put some of my spoons into, I think is a great first step. Just choosing that this yeah. is something that you're going to put energy into. I, I always think that if you're feeling a little stuck, 
pursue a hobby that brings people together. Um, because I personally find it really daunting to be like, I'm going to go make new friends. Like that's, that seems like a tall order and it seems like a lot of pressure. Um, but what sounds more, what sounds easier and more exciting is going to a cooking class or doing a, a book, a book club on zoom. Like I've, we've done before Trin um, or, or attending some kind of online event that, that encourages people to meet like, Something where the socializing, the activity is kind of built in is, is a way easier path forward than being like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go make friends. Well, why don't you try learning something new, deepening your hobbies? Um, and then along the way, you already, if you're surrounded by people, you already have something in common. I just think that's an easier, an easier way forward. You know, there's so many parallels to dating in many ways. Yeah. Yes. People that are going out and stressed about finding that significant other and then prioritizing and saying, I can't meet that person that I want to be with and keep stressing out and think about if you, once you stop thinking about it and just say, I want to just go out and meet people and do fun things. Suddenly you end up meeting that guy, the girl, the person that you kind of always wanted to be with when you kind of deprioritize meeting the person. And it's similar for friends. If you say, I don't have enough friends. I don't have friends. I'm going to be friends. No, let's, let's instead, how can I meet people that are into comic books like me, video games like me, whatever it is, the thing that you're into. So I love that. And there really are quite a few similarities. Trin, I saw you get excited about, about <laughs> the, the, no, you're, you're, it's great. I yeah. saw you get excited about the parallel to dating. Uh, anything else you want to sh share about that? So I uh, very recently, like within the last six months, moved from um, Chicago to Texas, which is quite a culture shift, quite a large space to move. Um, and it's a big state. I, it's so big and everything about it is huge. I swear to you, the first thing that happened when I pulled up to our new house was um, I said hi to a neighbor who was wearing a cowboy hat and also holding a cowboy hat. And I was just like, I guess this is happening. Um, but completely off topic. Uh, I, you know, I, that'll I, be the next cow. That'll, that'll be the next podcast. Is we'll do on a cowboy hats, hat. Yeah. yeah. Stetsons and such. Um, but I have started to have to start the process of making friends. And I haven't had to do that in a while because I, I have my tight friends and like, and I'm still friends with my Chicago friends, but you know, you kind of want to branch out and widen. And the first thing I did was I joined um, Climate Reality Dallas and I met an awesome person who's super into plants. And, uh, and I wouldn't say we're friends yet. We're on like buddies level, but I'm working my way in there. I'm going to win. I, I bet she, I, I bet that person would probably say that your friends. Okay, She's so, so cool. we hit on finding friends. Oh, and just I also want to mention the priority, prioritizing piece that you had mentioned earlier, Trent, which is, you know, it's interesting. We all go through different life cycles in, in life, obviously. And when I first got married, I remember saying to my wife, my priority is really you and deepening our relationship and kind of being willing to kind of have my friendships kind of take second fiddle. And then when we had kids, like friendships really took third fiddle because, you know, I just proactively said, I'm going to deprioritize these friendships. Now that my kids are 20, 17, and 14, and they're older, and they don't even know that I exist anymore, and I could be around the house, and they won't even know that I was there, I have like I have oodles of time on my hands. I'm now like reinvigorating and reprioritizing friendships. And I think a lot of times friendships kind of, and the priority for friendships will go in different life cycles depending on kind of where you are and where you happen to be in life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A close friend of, of mine and, and my partners just had, uh, her and her partner just had twins. They had twin infants. Um, so that's that's two babies. I don't know if you guys know that. That's, that's two of them at the same time. That's, that's, that's a lot of math. That's a lot. And um, so and obviously that's a major life, a life shift. 
And her ask to us was, hey, keep inviting us to stuff, like keep inviting us to the group things. Um, it might be a little bit until we come up for air, but we still we still want to feel included. We still and um, I just loved that. I thought it was so great that she made that ask and um, she made it clear what she needed then in our friendship. And that felt so like it felt really good to get some direction because I, I don't have children and I um, and I don't know what it's like to have two infants in your home or how to be a good friend to that person. So she was giving us giving us some tools to help her. And uh, I just loved that because um, it's hard to imagine what, what her lifestyle is right now. But um, it also, even though times are changing, life's, our lives are evolving, our friendships can evolve with them. Like, you know, we will see you in a couple months or we'll see you in six months or maybe we'll see you next week if you have the energy. So for a while there, I was the friend who doesn't have a baby or a dog, which are like the two things that keep you home, you know, uh, and I learned to be the one who arranges things uh, because I wanted my friends around, you know, um, and I still have that kind of uh, situation with my buddy uh, who has a, who's not she's 10 now, which is like a human and not a baby, which is like the freakiest thing. But if I ever want to hang out with her, I throw a Google Hangout on the calendar. And uh, and if she can make it, she can. And if she can't, she'll move it. And that is how we do things. And I, I really think that it is on the person with fewer uh, obligations to do the arranging. And uh, and, I'm, and maybe that's controversial, but, but that was me. Now I have a dog and I can never leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> so now everyone needs to do the arranging for you. And that's just how it works. Yes, is how it will be. Okay, so Jen, take note. You want to get together with Trin? You must do the arranging. Yeah. Well, Jen has a dog too, and our dogs are going to have to play at some point. Yes. Oh, wait, don't we one of you also have like two cats or something? I do, yeah. yeah. You probably okay. saw them hopping around. I've got a little 16-year-old three-legged cat and then an oh. idiot who's orange. An idiot who's orange? Is that what you said? <laughs> okay, when I hear cat, I think of the, the, the there's a Fox show with, with Mayim Viala called Cat. It's actually quite funny. Uh, oh, I heard uh, of it, yeah. Recommended sometimes. She's great. Anyhow, let's talk about what you started to hit on a little bit more, which is maintaining and developing friendships. And I'll tell you something that I did first, and then I'd love to hear practices from you all. So I think you'll be proud of me on this one. So uh, I created a, when COVID first started, I created a WhatsApp group called Six Degrees of Seagull. Not sorry, no, six feet from Seagull, six feet from Seagull, because, you know, got a social distance while we're walking. And it was basically a group of eight to 10 people who live within a half a mile of my home that I'm friendly with to, to very good friends with. And I would just send a post out saying, hey, I'm free. Anyone want to do an eight o'clock a.m. walk? Hey, I'm free. Anyone want to do this? And, you know, it was just a proactive way, like you said, That's Trin, awesome. of kind of reaching out. And I didn't care who I walked with because they're all I like them all, you know? And then some people would be like, no, or yes, or two people would say yes, and we all three of us would go bike riding together. And it was just a very easy way to do things locally with friends. And it really helped to maintain. I have to say, I am closer with most of my local friends because of COVID than if COVID had not happened. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, certainly friendships have deepened in the past three years. I feel like I've never felt more thankful for the people uh, in my life. And good job on that. You're right. We are very proud of you. That's extremely impressive. And I liked how it's opt-in. Like, hey, I'm going yes. for a walk regardless. You're welcome to come if you're in the mood. I love that. It's the lowest pressure possible, which is really wonderful. Deepening friendships. What other sagacious advice would you give around not finding, but really deepening really friendships with people? 
I think that uh, the first thing I would do is remember what connected you with that person to begin with. Um, so I'm just going to use an example from my life. Um, my buddy Savannah and I would play this video game Animal Crossing together and visit each other's islands. And it was like a very nice uh, chill out pandemic thing to do. Um, and so there was uh, an Animal Crossing update that recently came out. Uh, and I took it as, an, as a, an opportunity to say, hey, are you playing the new update? Like, let's talk. I just kind of seized on the opportunity. Um, and, I, and I encourage uh, people to do that. Just remember what you have in common and, and share a piece of information. Um, and it can be something as, as small as, um, I saw this hilarious thing on the internet. You want to check it out? Here's a link. You know, it's just, um, it's connecting. Yeah, right? it doesn't I have, have to be a lot. Is your no, point. no, I have small a friend. Small little triggers, Jen. Yeah. Yeah, I have a friend in my life, and the only thing we text about is the TV show Survivor, um, and uh, uh, the WNBA, uh, specifically the Chicago Sky basketball team. And fortunately, Survivor has like 42 seasons of it, so we have a lot of material to discuss. And I would say that is like the basis of our friendship. Um, and it's awesome. Like, it's great. And like we, you know, before the pandemic, I would be like, all right, Survivor finale tonight. Do you want a live text or do you want to come over? Like this was our, this was the basis of our friendship. And I, um, you know, just because we don't share personal stuff over text, like maybe Trin and I do, uh, that friendship is no less important. Um, if I did want to deepen it, um, I have an avenue now to do that. You know, like I can, I can pivot Survivor pretty easily into deep personal feelings if I wanted to do that. <laughs> You know, Survivor does lend itself towards that because based on um, rejection and all the other intrigue that goes on in Survivor. I think I watched yeah, the first two episodes. I have not watched seasons uh, three through 42, but I think, you know, <laughs> if I ever want to like go binging for, you know, a couple of months, sounds like it might be. I will well. send you my where to watch Survivor guide if you want it. I've sent it do to you. Many did friends. you make one? Um, it's yeah. I haven't shared it like publicly yet. I think I need to clean it up and then I might actually put it on Twitter. I've been like waiting for you to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So I've hooked so many, so many people in my little, my little survivor net in the last three years, um, by forwarding them the same email email. That's like, here's where to start to get into what we call, what we call in the, in the fan club, um, modern survivor. Cause it's changed a lot. It's been, it's been <laughs> on for 20 years. A lot of, a lot of happened in the last 40 years or 20 years and 40 seasons. Um, so yes, I will, I'm happy to email you. Um, and maybe I'll share that up. Maybe I'll, I'll clean it up and share it online. <laughs> there could be things, what not to do in friendshiping around survivor probably as well. Cause some of the things that I saw going on there, I don't know if I want to recommend. Something. Oh yeah. I mean, I've definitely watched survivor and been like, that person, not a very good friend. Or that person, uh, probably a great friend who's doing a good job of balancing being a friend and playing a, like a really tough game together. Because like Trin, you're a board game person. You know, oh, I am. You know, like if you're playing like a, a like a pretty vicious, aggressive board game, like the, you gotta you gotta also balance that you love the people you're playing with, but also yeah. you know you're gonna be you're no no holds barred. You're gonna be merciless also. During the game, my game hat is on and I am your enemy. After the game, the game hat is off and we are friends again. Yes. <laughs> okay, Sharon, I got to tell you the story that my daughter told me last night, which I was so proud of her about because we're a huge, huge, huge board game family. Probably like three, 400 board games in the house. Played board games like multiple times a week as a family. So she was invited to her friend's birthday party. And uh, the birthday party was a big uh, game party with a tournament and things like that. And the girl who had her birthday uh, went up against my daughter for, for something. And my the friend who had a birthday said, you know, you're not going to beat me. It's my birthday. You're not going to knock me out of the tournament. And she said, oh, no, oh yes, not. I am. Oh, yes. <laughs> did she? Did she oh, manage? Yes, she, oh, yes, she did. Oh, yes, I am. And, and it was my daughter and one other person out of 20 girls that 
kind of made it to the finals. And it was all the ping pong and all these other different games I had to play. But at the end, it came down to rock, paper, scissors, shoot. That was the final, oh. and she lost. So, you know, such is life. But yeah. It's that's all just luck. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Come on. Seriously. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about reconnecting. One of my most enjoyable activities is reconnecting with someone from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Please. Uh, let's start with Jen. Tell us about some best practices around reconnecting. What advice do you give to people? Because we all have these people that were so important in our life that just we lost. How do we get them back if we want to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a hard time reconnecting with people um, or even being reconnected with. Like if someone reached out to me, I would sometimes, excuse me, have a hard time replying to that message on Facebook or, or email or whatever it was. Just because I, um, I had some anxiety built up about um, all the years that had passed and uh, like who I was now versus who I was then. And this sounds more dramatic than it is, but really it was mostly just anxiety built up in my head. And to them, um, what I learned over time after like getting over this, this anxiety, what I learned over time is they are um, either one feeling anxious themselves about themselves or two, they absolutely do not care. Uh, a fresh start, clean slate. I want to know who you are now. Um, so I would say the first time you, a reconnection start to happen um, try to listen to your anxiety and find out where it's coming from. Cause it might not be from any bad or negative interaction. It might be, um, something that you're inventing, which is certainly the case for me. Yeah. I feel so, uh, fraught in a way about reconnecting with friends because, um, as I, so I, I am bisexual and non-binary and that's something that I figured out, um, fairly recently. So when I think about reconnecting with people from prior er eras of my life, um, it can be really scary because I have to decide how much of myself am I going to share with this person? I have to figure out, is this person still a safe person for me to talk to about all of the components of myself? Um, but uh, I think that accepting all of the eras, accepting all of the people that you were, because you still have them inside of you. You've learned from those people. Um, don't let the person that you were in that era hold you back. Uh, because I, I really feel like as we get older, as we get into like, you know, our 30s, 40s, etc., we have a new context for our teenage and childhood memories. We don't think about them as, oh, that, that jerk who did that awful thing. We think about like, oh my God, that 14 year old who made that mistake and I was there. Um, I think remembering that you were a child, remembering that you were younger, having that context yes. makes things a lot easier when you reconnect. Oh my um, gosh, Trin, that's so wise. <laughs> And my number one, I say, uh, piece of like advice, advice about reconnecting with friends is just make sure that you stick to the agreed upon communication medium. So if you reconnected on Facebook, stick to Facebook. Don't try and like search them out on LinkedIn and message them. Um, that's a little weird. <laughs> if you had their email, like back in your email address list or whatever, email them. Stick to the communication that you are. Okay, so yeah. I should not show up at the person's house, knock on their door and be like, hey, I saw your like on LinkedIn on something that I did. So I thought I'd drive 3000 miles and, you know, say hi. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, or like one thing that I, I know has happened to friends of friends is they're hosting like a comedy show or some kind of event. And then don't just show up and be like, Hey, I haven't seen you in 18 years. Like give them some kind of heads up. Like I'm going to be in your city. I want to come to your event. Like um, some heads up would be good. You don't want to really, you don't want to shock people. And just by reaching out, you might really startle them. People are easily startled. They're gentle and sensitive. <laughs> but um, also I would say, don't be so surprised if you don't hear back when you reach out or if you don't hear back right away. 
Um, it's not necessarily a reflection on you at all. It could be they literally are on uh, not using Facebook for the year. Uh, it could be that they don't know how to use Facebook anymore, which is me. Like, I don't know how to like read messages on that thing anymore. Um, it could be that they're they're deep in prioritizing some their mental health or someone else's physical health or something. Like you, you have no insight into how busy or weird their life is right now. So don't assume if you don't hear back that it's a rejection. Um, but you know, you know, still um, let, leave the ball in their court. I would say if you reach out and don't hear back, um, maybe send one more polite short message and then and then pull away. Focus on your friendships that are working, that are that we're uh, from hearing from people you are hearing back from. Focus on them, not the person you're you're not hearing back from. You know, yeah. we all create stories and narratives around things, and it's amazing how often we are dead wrong. Yes. And our assumptions about why something happened or why something didn't happen. And I think what you're saying so much of is a big part of friendship is kind of permission to yourself and self-talk and just understanding who you are as, as part of that larger relationship and not just kind of about kind of that other person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could have lost their Facebook password. That might be why they're not reaching back to you. And I have no data for this, but my hypothesis actually is that um, the main reason why people do not reach back out uh, to somebody they haven't seen in a very long time is because they may associate that part of their life with some negativity. So if you hated high school and your high school best friend who you loved reached out to you and you didn't like who you were then, um, that can make things a little a little awkward. I, I genuinely think that's probably the number one reason why people don't reconnect. I read something about your your writings around friendship versus therapist. Yeah. And the importance of understanding the difference between the two and the importance of it being kind of dual-sided versus kind of a one-sided type relationship. I thought it was just so thoughtful. Do you mind just share or both of you a little bit more about that dynamic where sometimes it can turn into a less healthy type relationship for both sides? Yeah. Share a little bit more there. But at the same time, people look for that deep bonding that can occur in kind of really bearing one soul that one can do with a therapist. And how do you understand that dynamic? How do you recognize if something's askew? Um, I, I'd like to start this with um, one of my favorite like pieces of, of advice that I've ever received, which was um, don't start your first date with a third date conversation. So, um, you know, there's there's always there's going to be a time in your life where you're drinking beer by a bonfire and everybody's bearing their souls and you just met them. And it's like a great night. That'll happen sometimes, but that's actual magic. That doesn't happen all of the time. Small talk is not an evil thing. Small talk uh, is a way for us to say, Hey, I'm not dangerous. I'm here to be a friend. I'm not going to pry. Start with small talk. Um, so, so that's, that's the first part of this. The second component of this is it being mutual. So uh, Jen and I will barf all of our emotions out on each other because that's what we do mutually. And like, and my other friends too, like occasionally I'll even ask for permission. Like, I just need to vent about this thing. I'll say that. But once you notice it's not mutual, that is when the problem comes in. Uh, if you are the dumper or the dumpy, uh, I, I think recognizing that and trying to even that out is really important. Yeah, I totally agree. This is a this is a tough situation because um, friends do help each other. Friends bear one another burdens. Friends vent, friend vent, <laughs> friends listen. They are there for each other, especially in times of difficulty and grief. Um, however, a friend is not a therapist. 
a therapist is not a friend. You know, there's a reason that those are separate titles. They're, they should not share a title. <laughs> um, a therapist is like a, a, tr a trained mental health professional. And that is someone um, who, who you designate time to share the heavy stuff with. And uh, when the line gets blurry between what you're sharing with a friend and what really should be shared elsewhere, it's hard because it's hard to be the, on either case, um, whether, 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 if you're the person that's oversharing in times of difficulty, it's really hard to be cued into your own social signals. Like you might not even realize what you're saying is hurtful or what you're saying is way too heavy or way too personal. Um, so this is a tricky one. And um, I guess I would, I guess I would just, what it comes down to and Trina, I want to know what you think about this. I think what it comes down to is like boundaries as it always does. Uh, yeah. Asserting your boundaries is not unkind saying, I need a break from this. I love you. Um, I'm going to step back. That's not unkind saying this is out of, out of scope for me <laughs> or saying, um, or if necessary, um, this does happen. You might need to say, I, I need to, I need to close the door in this conversation. We can't, this is too personal for me. I can no longer, I can no longer talk about your divorce or your blank or whatever it is. Um, and that's, that's hard to do. That's like, um, that takes a lot of, um, I think maybe practice. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you start asserting your boundaries, it does get easier. Yeah. I think um, the number one thing for me is recognizing when you are starting to ask your friends to fix things for you. Uh, I, I, my very dearest, oldest, oldest friend, uh, Andy, and I talk about like the big scary things like existence and stuff. And I remember realizing that I was waiting for him to say something that would make me feel better about the inevitability of death. <laughs> and like, I, I don't know if you know this, but you know, for uh, hundreds of thousands of years, human beings have been freaked out about death um, and have not quite solved how to, how to stop freaking out. So I realized in that moment, I, he, he can't do this. I am asking my buddy Andy from across the street to like fix my pipes, to reassess my electricity in my house. That's just not, that's not his training. You know, um, that, I think that is a good cue is when you are asking somebody to fix things for you. And also like the, the vice versa is also true. If you are starting to buddy up with your therapist who should be fixing your pipes, that's also not great. So no friend of piss. No That's the rule. No friend of piss. No friend of piss. Okay. Now, normally we do this rapid fire questions and ask about a bunch of different things around, you know, when you first saw yourself as a leader and, and what your bucket list, but I, I, I can't help it. I'm going to do rapid fire instead. First time we've ever done this, but in the context of questions for each of you, and you could do a rapid fire answers. So here we go. Rapid fire. Okay. Jen, one learning for on building online friendships. And then Trin, same question. Oh man. Okay. Um, try to buddy up with people that you have mutual friends with. Um, like there's something on Twitter called, they're literally called mutuals on Twitter. That's how people refer to them. And that's people you have already in common. Like you follow the same people. Um, don't butt into their conversations online, but if it's an open discussion, like you already know the people involved, that's a good, that's a good way to, to kindly, gently, but also insert yourself into their friendship and make some friends yourself. Nice. Trin. 
So for people who are above, I'd say like millennial age, um, making friends online is more difficult. Um, and in those cases, uh, what I would say is stick to the, the bigger websites, like stick to Twitter, stick to Reddit. Don't go off on like the random social media uh, and also uh, don't trust everybody. I know that that is like hard, but remember that they are strangers um, and uh, don't believe them when they say that they'll like invest your money in something. You know what I'm saying? You, know. <laughs> you mentioned small talk before. Number one piece of advice around small talk and helping friend, helping to kind of break that down, down that barrier and, and start that finding friend process. So uh, I'd say when you're a few questions in and you're to the point where like you're asking personal kind of questions, try not to ask, what do you do for a living? Um, because it shouldn't really be the core of a person's being. Ask people what they like to do and what's important to them. I love that. Before we have Jen's answer to that, I'll tell you, I once came home getting together with someone and we had like an hour dialogue. And I came to my wife and I said, it was so good. I have absolutely no idea what this person even does. Yeah. That's how good it was. That's I love that. I love That's it. awesome. Isn't that great? Because it, yeah, it was great. It we had really so matter. many other real things to talk about that we didn't even get into like usual. Blah, 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 blah. Jen. Um, I would say the first thing that comes to mind is be okay with a little bit of awkwardness. Um, be okay with a little bit of silence because that's normal. That's natural. Even though it feels excruciating, again, normal. Um, my second piece of advice, if you are absolutely stuck and you just find it absolutely paralyzing to do small talk, pretend you're on a podcast <laughs> and pretend you're interviewing and then pull back a little because you're not actually interviewing. Okay. You're not Terry Gross, but do pretend that you want to get to know this person for the sake of an audience. I don't know why that trick has always helped me. Last rapid fire question is workplace friendships. You've also written and talked about that quite a bit. It's a thing. It's a complicated thing. Um, we'll start with you, Jen, and then we'll go to Trin. One yeah. piece of advice again around workplace friendships that, you, that you've seen either mistakes someone made or advice for someone around workplace friendships. Let's hear. Yeah, um, I would say you don't have to be friends with your colleagues or coworkers, but you, you do kind of have to be kind and good to them, uh, which is hard to ask if you hate your job or if you're in a bad environment. Um, but I will say um, workplace friendships like the one I started with Trin can be very magical. Um, my piece of advice is uh, don't forget capitalism is in the, is there like capitalism can get in the way. Trin, you're really good at explaining this. <laughs> oh yeah. I like to say, um, so when I was a youth who was sent to Christian youth camp, um, they used to say, leave room for Jesus. And when we're talking about workplace friendships, leave room for capitalism. Uh, and and uh, my piece of advice is you cannot be friends with your employees. There is, when you're a boss, you are the boss. You are in the, you are in charge of their livelihood. They can't say no to you. And I'm actually somebody who's made this mistake. I have had um, people who are employees who I just, just awesome, awesome people, people at my age, uh, people that I, I wanted to keep in touch with. And now that I'm not their boss anymore, we can be friends. Uh, but when you are in a position of authority and somebody can't say no to you, um, as friendly and as kind and as wonderful as your relationship might be, it's not quite a friendship. And I'll just add to that, that if you have a great friendship and you're considering hiring that person or working for that person, recognize that there is a chance that that could end your friendship as well. Absolutely. And I, it's happened to me uh, on both sides. And um, you have to take that as a, as a risk. And, and there's a person I was thinking of hiring and he basically said, I'm not going to work for you because I value our friendship too much. 
And I think that's, you know, good self-awareness, especially since maybe heard stories about working for me. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But it's also like, you know, when you have somebody who, so Jen and I talk about crushes a lot in like our friendship newsletters and stuff, because crushes are silly and and, and meaningless. Um, You know, there's, there's that old story of we would date, but we don't want to ruin the friendship, you know? it's the same thing with, with working there's, you are adding a new dynamic into something that already works and you are trying to see if it still works. And sometimes it's worth it. And sometimes it's really not. Okay. Last question is for each of you, obviously friendshiping and friendships is your jams. It's no question (laughs) about that. You know, whether it's in 10, 20, 30 years, you're going to be doing friendships. Is there anything else outside of friendships that you want to be, or it could be related to friendships, that you want to most be remembered by. Hopefully, we death is you know a hundred <laughs> years away for each of you or more. Yeah. What do you want to most be remembered by? Let's start with you, Jen. You look like you're thinking pensively there. What do you most oh, want man. to be remembered? So by? I'm going to answer this with the understanding that in like an hour, I'm going to think of a different answer. Oh yeah, me um, too. I would like to be remembered uh, as a Good listener. Nice. I love that. Um, for me, I want to be remembered as somebody who tried really hard, who made mistakes and took that information and adjusted and just kept going and didn't and did another thing. Yeah, try hard. What I will say is number one, you two are just so awesome. I I really oh, want to become you. like friendlier with you and thank find a way you. to go to Texas or go to Chicago, which aren't like that hard to get to. So at some point we're gonna get there. If you and, if you do find your way to Chicago, I'd be happy to get a coffee, a beer, a tea, a walk. You seem to like walking. I, I, like I also walking. enjoy a good walk. Not usually this time of year. There's nothing like a good Chicago win for a walk, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I also happen to think the two of you are just absolutely hilarious like i was just really trying hard not to crack up during this so uh thank you you're just so wonderful we amuse ourselves so it's nice to hear when we amuse other people as well that's the way to do it that's the way to do it so thank you so much your 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 advice the myriad of things that you said today is going to be helpful to so many different people as has your book your podcast and your newsletter and all the other things that you do thank just you. keep making the world a better place. And it's just, it's awesome. We will. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we will do that. Thank you very much for having us. This was, this was truly delightful. Thank you so much for listening today. There are a lot of do's and there are a lot of don'ts and I'm actually going to focus this time on the don'ts. Don't necessarily think that your therapist is your friend and your friend is your therapist. Don't self-talk not to go to something. If you feel you're okay to go, just go. Get rid of the self-talk. Don't make friending a task. If there's too much of a negative, too much of a task, you're not going to want to do it. Don't be reluctant to reconnect. You're a different person perhaps than you were back then, and it's okay to recognize that. And last but not least, my favorite don't. Don't necessarily hit on the most deep-seated topics of a third date conversations in that first date. If you enjoyed today's podcast, then let's be friends. You know how we could be great friends? But you know what? Even if you don't do this, we'll still be friends. If you subscribe, if you leave a review, if you check out my book, great ways for friendships, but you know what? You can also be friends even if we don't do those things. And remember, let's keep connected because life is better together. For more information about Meetup, head to the Community Matters blog at meetup.com slash blog. You'll find exclusive content featuring inspirational stories from Meetup organizers and attendees. Gain valuable insights and tips about starting your own community as a Meetup organizer and learn more about the latest Meetup features as they come out. 
So go to meetup.com slash blog for more.